This episode of the Managing Madrid podcast is brought to you by Intercontinental San Francisco Hotel. Immerse yourself in the heart of the city at the Intercontinental San Francisco Hotel, their prime location in the heart of San Francisco near Moscone Center and Union Square, allows you to explore the city's culture and charm while enjoying elegantly appointed rooms and luxurious amenities. Host your next event in their beautifully customizable meeting rooms and ballroom while an elevated dining experience awaits you at their Loose Restaurant and Bar Triple Eight. The Intercontinental is also hosting our podcast in San Francisco, so make sure to come out to that on the 25th. I always had to double-check that because on the 24th, we're doing a podcast in Las Vegas, and then the day after, I am flying to San Francisco and getting there on time to do a podcast on the 25th on the evening. So back-to-back, 24th in Vegas, and then 25th in San Francisco. Book your spot to our podcast in those cities. If you're going to the games, make sure to come to our podcast as well. And if you're not going to the games, just drive up. If you're on the West Coast, because we're not coming back, we're focusing on going to only the games. The world tour is done after this. This is done. This is not even part of the world tour. It's just because we're following the team in preseason. We just happen to be in those cities. We wanted to meet you guys. So this is your last chance to drive up and meet a bunch of other Maridisas who are going to be in attendance. You're going to make some lifelong friendships and connections. And we'll definitely put you in touch with other people in those cities so that you can, uh, you know, watch the Real Madrid games together with them. One of the benefits of these podcasts we find is that during the event and after the event, people are like, wow, there's more of you guys. There's more of me. We can get together. I used to watch all these games by myself in my house. Now I can actually go to a bar with you guys or come over and you come over. And it's just, it's a really good vibe. It's a, it's a really fun atmosphere and just to be a part of something. So come out, please. The link to book your spot to Vegas and San Francisco is in the show notes. All right. Having said that, we are going to jump into a podcast, and today's podcast is a Twitter audio space, which I recorded earlier today, and people on Twitter jumped in and asked questions about Rodrigo, can he make the leap? Is he better off the bench? Who are the right signings we miss out on? I will also mention that one thing I, I did not mention, the answers that I forgot, uh, but I just wanted to also mention out there, Sergio Arribas. I got to just amplify his name more. The guy is so good. I think he can be a solution off the bench next season if if we give him some more playing time. And uh, I, I forgot to mention that in the QNS. I just wanted to put that out there now, and the context of what I'm saying right now will make sense toward the end of the podcast as you listen to it. So I just want to throw that out there right now. Uh, but yeah, we talked about that. We also talked about Barca signings and basically all the stuff that is front page news right now we talked about and even though i tried to dance around those questions because we talked about it so much uh the listeners wanted to know more so we talked about it and i kind of found some new angles to go through it all so enjoy it and uh oh one more thing i forgot to mention in the podcast itself i did some editing because i did not include the questions people were asking and i only included my answers and the reason for that is because i didn't want to hurt your ears with poor audio quality so if you were listening to it live on the Twitter audio spaces, it would have sounded fine for you to listen to the questions that were being uh, posed by the, the people who are tuning in, but it wouldn't have been good quality to post that part of it on this podcast because it wasn't amplified through the microphone as well as my voice. So what I did was I cut out the questions part and try to make it flow as seamlessly, seamlessly as I could. 
and only included my answers, but you'll get the gist of what the question was based on what I'm saying. So yeah, just wanted to throw it out there as well so you're aware of um, why it's only my voice in this podcast because I only included my answers and not the questions for audio quality purposes. So with that being said, let's just jump into it and get started with the help of our friends Ray Hudson and Derek Ray. Let's go. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. Wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. What's up, everyone? This is Kian Sabani. It, kind of an impromptu Twitter Spaces session. We didn't have a podcast planned today, so I thought I would hop on. Always love interacting with you guys and just seeing what's up and just doing a more interactive Q&A style podcast. I want to give you guys a heads up as we wait for people to log on here and uh, fill up the chat. If you want a kind of behind the scenes of Real Madrid's preseason and you're interested to see some of the stuff that happens in the stadium and the press conferences in the mix zone, I will be at the first two pre, uh, preseason games against Barcelona and Club America as press. And you can follow me on Instagram, shameless plug there, at Keon. So I'll be active on the stories specifically where I'll post a lot of content videos live behind the scenes. Um, today's Q&A session is going to be also posted on the Managing Madrid podcast feed. It's basically a way for me to cheat my way into getting content to put something up because uh, our bosses at Vox Media want us to put out daily content. So this is my way of figuring out how to put content is get you guys involved to ask questions. Now, just a, uh, a heads up, when people ask questions on this podcast, just keep in mind that we go over the same talking points almost daily. So... It, with respect to the people listening on the podcast itself who are subscribed, some of the stuff we've covered extensively in the last few days, our reaction to Barcelona's transfer window, uh, what else? Uh, Real just lack of signings in the attacking front line. I guess those are kind of the two main ones. So I guess the, the point is try to get creative with your questions if you can, and uh, I'll go through as many as we can. And I'm going to aim for about 25 minutes from now because after that, I promise to take my two-year-old for a walk. We're going to go for a nice walk into the forest on a nice trail. So 25 minutes, let's go. We're going to bring in Angelo as the first one. Uh, let me just bring him in. Hold on. Angelo, if you're there, I always forget to have the first one. I always forget to bring in how to bring them in. Hold on one sec. Uh Okay. Angelo Valdez, going to bring you on as a speaker. Angelo, you there? Yes. Can you hear me? I can, yeah. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. How about you, Ian? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, man. What's up? I got it. Yeah. Thanks, Angelo. I appreciate you. Um, so, with regards to that question, I think it is highly dependent on Rodrigo. I also think it's highly dependent on Benzema and Vinicius as well, because if... 
even the margin of error is such is that if even Benzema misses some time, God forbid, or Vinicius goes through a dry spell, which he did at some point during the season, obviously had an amazing season overall, no disputing that. But even if they have a bit of a drop off, then that's also problematic as well. So I don't. I think it's not only just reliant on Rodrigo taking a leap, but it's also reliant on Benzema and Vinicius to maintain superhuman form. Mind you, I actually think Vinicius is not the finished product yet, so there's also room for him to take yet another leap, which be, would be very, very interesting, and I expect him to. But it's reliant on all those things, and obviously this is the gamble that Real Madrid are taking. Like, for me personally, and I know this is a bit of a, uh, you know, heated topic and there are polarizing opinions on this particular subject but I personally believe that Rodrigo is good enough to give him the keys and allow him more minutes and let him take a leap but it's a gamble obviously and that's a gamble that Real Madrid have decided to take until now the window is not closed yet we'll see if uh, someone is brought in if other players leave we'll see but as of now they decided not to go for people like Gnabry or Sané and rely on Rodrigo because they feel that certain players maybe aren't that good enough to justify the price in order to maybe stall Rodrigo's development because they believe in Rodrigo quite a bit. And as much as I agree with that notion, although I would have liked to have signed Gnabry, I've been on record with that. I think he is one of those players you do make an exception for because I think the fee would have been reasonable and also, he's just really awesome, despite maybe a little bit of a down season. But um, given the fact that Rodrigo will be given more minutes next season, it is a gamble. Yeah, because let's be honest, as much as a lot of us do believe in Rodrigo, and I'm one of them, it's not like he had this season where he now all of a sudden becomes this indispensable superstar starter, which you can't bench. And I will say this about him. I think he was obviously awesome in the Champions League. The numbers in such limited minutes were incredibly efficient, not only this season in the Champions League, but the one before that. Um, but maybe there is an argument to be made that he needs to be more consistent in the league itself and be also more proactive in that competition. So we do need him to take a leap. 20 goals and 10 assists, I think you said, Angelo, or like if he doesn't meet that. I mean, that's really optimistic. I, I think I think he's awesome, but... It is pretty optimistic for him to hit something like that. I think realistically, I would be happy with 15 and 10. If he can hit that, I think that would be a pretty successful season. Especially if that also meant that Vinicius continues to have an awesome season and Benzema is superhuman again. So that's kind of where I stand on it. It It is a gamble, but I think it's a calculated gamble. I think it's also a gamble to make a big signing as well. So, you know, it's... We'll see how it plays out, too. We'll see also by the end of the window if, if something happens, if something gets shaken up as well. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where I stand on it. Thanks, Angel. I appreciate you, buddy. We're going to bring in Shay Khatiri. Obviously, uh, Shay is a patron and a fellow Iranian. So uh, I'm going to bring Shay in. Yeah, fair, fair question. So thanks, Shay. I appreciate that. Um, so, listen... To poke holes in it, that's not something I'm going to do because I think it's one of those kind of we'll see how it plays out. And I think the the thing I also argued with someone signing someone like Gnabry or even Mbappe had he come is that I think 
Rodrigo would have been fine as a 12th man and sporadic starter for a couple of years. Like I know some people argued like, you know, he's going to start complaining about minutes. And like, I don't think Rodrigo would have done that. I think we were like a couple years away from Rodrigo getting to a stage where he's like looking around and he's like, okay, it's time for me to be a starter somewhere. Sell me. And he'll start complaining. I just don't see that in Rodrigo's character. I also think he's young and I think he's been so good off the bench that I think it'd be way too soon to worry about that. I think that's a bridge maybe you cross in two years or so. So that's also a good, uh, just a good point to make in terms of, well, it would have been nice to have someone who could be relying on game in, game out as a starter. So I don't know. We'll see, Shay. I mean, I I think there there are definitely examples of Rodrigo playing well as a starter as well, so just not to ignore that point. Um, There's also another point to be made, and this is something that I'm just... Not, I'm not going to speak factually, but I would just assume, and I kind of believe that Ancelotti feels this way, is that I think we'll see Fede start on the right wing quite a bit too as well. Um, it's not necessarily locked down for Rodrigo, and obviously that becomes more of a thing now with that many has arrived, and those midfield, uh, the midfield competition, the midfield minutes are going to be more competitive this year, So, which might allow Fede to just naturally play on the right wing more. So... Uh, yeah, there's that's my thought on that. We have requests piling up. Just do a quick shout out to some people I see. Sam Leverage, managing Madrid. Uh, he made his debut this summer. Has put out a bunch of great content. What's up, Sam? Murasir, pl- part of the Real Madrid Twitter family. What's up? Yash Thakur, what's up? Always nice seeing you here. Uh, see a few patrons as well. Jiboyega. We got... Uh, Shay, obviously, who just came on, and so just wanted to send some love, and I'm sure there's a lot of people here who uh, who I can't really see everybody. There's just so many. i got to keep scrolling. But just wanted to give a quick shout-out and love to you all. Uh, next one is Jesse, uh, Jesse Talks. I'm going to bring Jesse Talks in. Jesse is connecting. What's up, Jesse? How you doing? You there? Got it. Awesome. Thanks for the question, Jesse. Um, so the as to like who starts, I don't know the answer to that. And I don't know if anyone does. I mean, there's a lot of reports that Angelotti sees Alaba as a left back. We'll see. Uh, now, I, th- I think a lot of people will say, well, it doesn't matter. You're going to see multiple different competitions, different starting lineups. Season is long. There's going to be injury suspensions. One day you'll see Rudiger Alba, another day you'll see Rudiger Militao, and then whatever else combination is left from that. And you might have Alaba on the left sometimes. Maybe you'll have Mendy on the left. And and so the good thing is that it's a good problem and there's a lot of options. And as we saw last season, although actually last season wasn't as bad as previous years because Pintus is doing an amazing job, it seems. But um, the season is long. There are multiple competitions. We got World Cup. We got Club World Cup, which I absolutely hate. Um so there's all of that. Um, the question is, if it's a Champions League final and every single player is healthy, every single player is available, do or die, who starts? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I have an opinion on who should start, but I don't know what Ancelotti necessarily sees. And obviously, it will depend on maybe who's in form at the time, who's in match fitness, and maybe some of the matchups. And if Real Madrid are looking for defensive security, if they're looking for more uh, of an overload and offensive help alongside Vinicius, in which case Alaba trumps Mendy, 
but if you're looking for the defensive security, obviously Mendy Trump's Alaba in that situation. So I'll just give some quick sporadic thoughts. Um, my personal favorite backline, or at least the one I'm most intrigued to see, is Carvajal, Rudiger, Alaba, and Mendy. And so uh, the, there's some pros and cons, which I'll list to it. I'll start with the cons. I think Rudiger maybe is not accustomed to playing right center back. He's Him and Alaba mostly like to play on the left center back position, although Rudiger has played on the right several times in his career and has looked fine there, so I don't think it's a huge issue. Um, and then Mendy, to me, is a better left back than Alaba. I think Alaba, is his best position is a left center back. I also think it helps our ball progression tremendously to have Rudiger and Alaba together. I also think the argument of Alaba's better offensively than Mendy is undoubtedly true. But I would also say I thought Mendy and Alaba had a really good understanding uh, as the season went on. And I actually was surprised almost at how easily and how easily they just got along and how synergistic their partnership was, given that Alaba just came in in his first season and immediately meshed. But that also is a testament to Alaba, who just seems to... He just seemed to mesh with everybody as soon as he came in. But their understanding to be able to switch on the fly, like there were sequences where Alaba would go and just join the attack and seamlessly and without like almost through like just cerebral communication without saying anything, Mendy would just know. Mendy would go and cover for him and take the left center back role temporarily while Alaba would go and help Vinicius in attack. So that's my preferred partnership. And that's not a knock on Militao, who obviously had a bit of a dip in form, but I thought recovered really well and was awesome in the Champions League final for the most part. Um, and I hope that rest next season with Rudiger here and having more competition as well will make him even better next season. You know, growth is not linear. There are growing pains with him, and he had some last season. I think Rudiger will be good for him. So that's the one I'm, I'm most interested to see, that specific back four. Um, and those are the and for those reasons that I that I mentioned as well. I also think Mendy is in a lot of ways underrated. I think defensively he's just so freaking good that you know it he's invaluable in big Champions League games when he's going up against superstar winger after superstar winger after superstar winger and he just holds his own and he goes into lockdown mode. It's incredibly impressive. And I think if you go back through Real Madrid's history, there are maybe like two. Um, from a pure defensive standpoint, who were as good as him at the left-back position. That's saying a lot. I mean, a lot of our wing-backs are known for their offense. Mendy is not that, but defensively, he's so good. I think he makes up for a lot of his lack of offensive production. The other thing I'll say about him is that he's a great ball carrier. His press resistance, he improved a lot last year, so he's been better on the ball. Uh, he just needs to really urgently form better synergy with Vinicius because it's pretty much non-existent between those two right now, which is which is one thing that I would like them to improve on. Uh, all right, we've got 10 minutes left. We're going to move on to Willie. Uh, so I'm going to bring Willie in. One sec. Add as a speaker. Willie is connecting. Thanks for your question, by the way, Jesse. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, Willie, you here? Got it. Um, so thanks for the question, Willie. A lot of great points. I took kind of mental notes as you were speaking, and I, I'm going to try to, uh, I guess, go through your concerns and questions chronologically as I remember them. One is that uh, the concern over, you know, us having a Benzema injury away, got like even 
saying that out loud makes me sick. Like it, I actually get a little bit nauseous saying Benzema injury. So God forbid. Um, but the thought of, you know, that ending our season um, is, it's a frightening prospect. But the, what I'll say about that is that if any superstar on any team gets injured, it's pretty disastrous, you know? Like if, it, it's really hard to, to have a backup plan for that because, like, you know, if Cristiano Ronaldo at his peak got injured at Real Madrid, it would have defanged us a lot uh, during our Champions League run. Same if Lionel Messi got injured at Barcelona at his peak. If you go on list like any superstar, you know, and I, it's it's just that's why the backup to the superstar is such a role to fill. And my question would be almost I'm I'm just it's a rhetorical question in some sense that I'm asking towards everyone listening to this is like. Who are you going to fill that position with? And here are the the couple names that make sense to me because I actually think that it is it is someone I'd, I I would like to have a backup for that role, but you know it has to be someone who's like a seasoned veteran who doesn't care about playing time as much, who would be willing to play a handful of games a season, but also at the same time he wouldn't be cold. Like, that's the problem with, like, relying on a Castilla backup, for example, like like La Tassa for me, for example, is he's good, he's talented, but he needs to play. At that age, you need to play. And if you're not playing regularly, you're not going to develop. And to ask him to come into a big game when Benzema can't play, it's asking a lot. And I don't even think Ancelotti would even trust him in that situation. But if it was someone like a Dzeko or like a Cavani even, Dzeko to me would be a, a great signing because... He's just still really good. Uh, but again, I don't even know if he would, he would accept that role. So my point is, while I think it makes sense to sign a uh, backup striker, it also you also have to ask the question, like, who is going to accept the role that is being presented to him? You know, So that that's one thing. That's why it's hard to fill. That's why it's hard to fill. It's not a backup to Morata. It's not a backup to, um, you know, somewhat just a random good striker. It's a backup to a superstar who's about to win Ballon d'Or. It's an incredibly difficult position to fill. And I think the club has to weigh that and be like, okay, well, I guess we'll just, we have three players we theoretically we could put in as a false nine in that situation. Let's just hope it's not Mordic again, like we saw against Barcelona. Let's, but, you know, Rodrigo was kind of built to play that role. Hazard, I think, can do the link-up side of things if he's healthy, but maybe not the goal-scoring side of things. You have Asensio. So I think that's where the club will go. It's just a really hard position to fill. Um, And with response to Barcelona and what they're doing, well, uh, you can't let what they do dictate um, what you do and start panicking and signing someone just because they did. They got to do their own thing. The reality is that they have more to improve than we do, naturally, because... Um, they just are were in a worse situation than we are. We were, and we are by default better, by the way, because we just signed two awesome players. So that's my stance on it. Uh, all right, what do we got? Four minutes left. We're gonna bring in Jiboyega. Hold on. Add as a speaker. Connecting. Thanks for your question, Willie. Appreciate it. Jiboyega, you there? Okay. So yeah, thank you for your question, Jiboyega. I'm just going to uh, uh, mute you, and I'm just going to kind of end the end it but but i'll answer it and then i'll end it because uh it's time to take my son for a walk <laughs> but uh so that i guess it's subjective you know i i suppose i i know it's a valid concern to 
not having a right winger signed yet. And again, we'll see what happens at the end of the transfer window and we'll see if there's any more departures. I, I do think the club is trying to get rid of some of the players there who maybe they don't believe in having a, a huge part of the rotation. And we'll see if that opens room. But it's like to me, Rafinha would have been considered a panic signing at that price. Um, I think Rafinha is a good player. I don't think he's the type of player who moves the needle enough for you even despite what the market is today and the amount Barca had to pay for him. It's a lot of money. And the question is also how much does that stifle Rodrigo's development? How much do you have to now incentivize to play him more and give him some of Rodrigo's minutes? I, And also, sometimes you just got to wait to see if there's a better market opportunity. You know, a lot of, like our best signing of late, of the last few years at least, has been Courtois, market opportunity. And same thing happened with Kamavinga market opportunity at the last second. I, I just feel like maybe if you hold out, you might find something better than Rafinha. And like, again, to me, going back to what you were saying, Gnabry would have been probably cheaper than Rafinha because of his contract situation. And we didn't even go for that. And so I, that kind of gives me an idea of where our head's at. And I don't agree with that decision. I, I really think Gnabry would have been a, a good fit and a better, uh, a more, a better player than Rafinha and probably would have been Cheaper, at least if he's the same price, it would have been at least a better deal. I don't know. I guess we'll see if a better market opportunity arises um, and we'll see the leap that Rodrigo takes. My my stance on it is that I think the club wasn't that desperate. I think if you get someone like Mbappe, obviously that's someone you bring in. But if the name is not that interesting, I think you're you're taking a gamble, a financial gamble, especially after the money you sent, spent. So uh, I'm going to end it there. And we'll see. My son just walked into the room. Do you want to come say hi? Do you want to come say hi? hi. Say hi. Hi. And that's my cue. Thanks for uh, tuning in, guys. I appreciate you all. We'll do this more often. Probably do another one next week. Again, if you want some behind the scenes from preseason, go follow me on Instagram at Keon. So thanks for your time, guys. We'll catch you on the podcast and take care. All right, before we let you guys go, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managing who do so much to support the show. If you like high quality journalism and you want to stay away from some of the sensationalist stuff and you want some analysis and you like our work, go over to patreon.com slash managing You get a ton of bonus shows and we wanted to give a specific shout out to our $10 plus patrons because if you pledge $10 or more, not only do you get guaranteed responses to your questions, but you also get a specific shout out on the podcast. So shout out to Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Way Pairing, Wamik Jamal, Umar Mahadi, Tyler Simon, Tobias Arroyo Bacher, Tarek Goktas, Talib Salhab, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Damala, Sujaiwani, Sumanchu Singh, Shivam Tiwari, Sherry Soriol, Sheikh Khatiri, Shamil, Shabazz Sharapov, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorsano, Samir Z, Said Mahad, Sai Mohan Sasi Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Rafi Irfan Zaman, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Odiafati, Oscar Barrera, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Zapatero Zubiare, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Nelson Masariego, Muxi Thangal, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Martin Ridman, Logan Stahl, Leon Stavernakis, Kunal Tilikar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jeff Thurston, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Girard, Gary Kohut, Frederick Antakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, 
Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Christian Toth, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Bashar, Armand Gashi, Armando L, Antons Rudenko, Anirud Singh, Alexis Seniceros, Al, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Balachau, Varun, Ramtin Mahrur, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. We love you guys so much. Appreciate your support. Thank you for being part of the family. And Hala Marit.